Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to try to make this quick as fuck. I know I talk forever. Um, I want to talk about something maybe you're not considered. Um, this is a quick little... I'm going to try to make this a quick field note. I'm trying to keep this under 15 minutes. Alright, ready? Let's go. So there's something that you might be thinking about when you are being gang stalked. Is that... Gang stalking is essentially like community policing. You remember when we were talking about community policing after George Floyd's death, etc.? Well, that's what it can turn into. It can turn into this gang stalking-like scenario. When you have a lot of people who aren't trained in the law, who aren't trained in understanding how the world works, when you just get a bunch of fucking... Like, think about who has the time to be a pseudo-cop. Who has the time? Who's signing up to essentially um, try to impose uh, rules on people in their community without being paid? What kind of people are those? Those are those are fucking Karens. Those are Kyles and Karens. So, and as something you know from much of these podcasts, that the people engage in gang stalking. I mean, dude. You really should see some of these. If you haven't checked out our video series, go look at this video called Who is Gang Stalking You? And you see these fucking Karens and Kyles and these, these self-important cunts um, getting involved in something. They have no idea what the fuck it's about. They just take directions from people in towns. I got this. There's this, there's this great clip here. I, 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 you know what? You guys never do the fucking homework, so I got to play it for you. Hold on. You brought this on yourselves. Of all the homes in Hubbard, Ohio, it might be the last one you'd expect folks to fight over. But this vacant house on East Liberty Street is the hottest property since good old Nehemiah Hubbard founded the town 200 years ago. Oh, what a fuss over a little fixer-upper. This all started in 2007 over a simple real estate deal, correct? Right. It was the property next next door here. Meet Greg and Cindy Curlidge, longtime Hubbard residents. They say all they wanted was to buy the property next door. The only problem? It wasn't for sale. These folks, John and Marlene Clementi, had inherited half the house. The other half was tied up in court. But Rick Curlidge tried to buy it anyway, even though it had been in the Clementi family for generations. I says, well, you're not getting my land. And I said, that's not right. It's my family since 1922. How could you do that? The Clement family called me up and they told me to take my bid off the table. And if I didn't take my bid off the table, we'd be bitter enemies for life. Rick never got the house, but he says he's still paying for what he did. As the town fire chief, Clementi had lots of friends and suddenly Rick and Cindy say it seemed like every single one of them was driving by honking the horn. And it wasn't to say hello. family conspired together to organize a horn-blowing campaign against us. That's really what this is all about. Ask not for whom the horn blows, it blows for Rick and Cindy Curlidge. In the beginning, it was a hundred times a day. A hundred times a day. A hundred. So they began planning their payback. Their house now bristles with expensive surveillance 
surveillance cameras as we were looking them over. Just watch what happened. The last camera is down here on the tree. Okay. Oh, somebody just honked their horn. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's not. Was that ended. a friendly honk? Probably not. Okay. Rick says his ear is now well, finally attuned. You can tell an import horn from a domestic horn. Who are these horn blowers? Not just people in the town, but people who work for the town. Firefighters, including some from the department John Clemente ran, and police. Here's one of Hubbard Township's finest, not serving, not protecting, just honking. The town of Hubbard is against the Curliches, and everybody's in on it now. Does the city of Hubbard want the Curliches to leave? Well, I believe so. So that's one, that's one thing I want you to keep in your mind. How now, it was some people who used to work for the city in that, in that scenario, right? Uh, used to work for the city. He doesn't work. The guy's not. He was a former fire chief. And he just started telling everyone that so-and-so in town was a bad guy. The whole fucking town now all of a sudden got together and just started harassing these people nonstop, nonstop, making noise nonstop, making them want to leave town, whatever. And at the end, you hear that dude's, he was, uh, the, the news lady was interviewing the, the former fire chief who started all that drama for this family. And then she says, do you, uh, do you think the whole town wants him to leave? And then the dude's cunt of a wife's like, I think so. Like, all, over, over, over nothing, over nothing. But everybody in the town just fell in line because, you know what I'm saying, they heard through the grapevine. So first and foremost, I want you to keep that in your head. Now listen to this. For the past 20 years, my wife, Evie, and I have been the victims of... Believe it, uh, believe it or not, this is Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid's an actor. Randy Quaid, um, yeah, somebody turned his whole life upside down. But this was a network within the within the city of of Los Angeles, etc. And uh, Randy Quaid was a really budding actor in the eighties and nineties. And then somebody turned his shit upside down uh, using these these same tactics in COINTELPRO. And made this dude run away to Canada. I mean, he had to leave his entire the entire country, um, and that's the only way only way he started to feel safe. But here, 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 listen to this dude. Criminal activities perpetrated by a small network of individuals who are out to destroy us personally, professionally, and financially. This network of individuals is manipulating the banking system and the criminal justice system for the purposes of sabotaging our credit and our credibility. Up until a year ago, Evie and I had never had any run-in with the law whatsoever. We are not criminals, nor are we fugitives from justice, nor are we crazy. We are simply artists and filmmakers who are being racketeered on. We believe there are to be a malignant tumor of star whackers in Hollywood. How many people do you know personally who have died suddenly and mysteriously in the past five years? Vaughn Lewis is a guy. So that's another group of, that's another person who says, you know, there's this network of people within whatever's going on here. And so that was that, the first example I showed you was a network within a small town of people that superseded the, superseded the law, superseded uh, any kind of reasoning, what have you, just somebody of authority within a clique, 
Think of it like a click. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's break this down. Let's not use let's not use big big words, you know, loaded words and phrases too. It's a, it's a fucking click of people who think especially in our first example I gave in a small town to just think that depending on what they think, that's how, you know, you're able to live comfortably or not live comfortably in that town based on just some some click within this town's government. The you know, I'm saying the, the, the courts didn't make a judgment on the people, um, et cetera. It was just a group of people within the city government. And then what happens is then the guy who's, who used to be a fireman tells all his friends and who work for the government. And then all those people tell their friends, do you understand? And it cascades and it's like, it's like going viral in your own town, but it usually attaches some sort of gossip. And do you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't mobilize a lot of people, as we've learned in the previous podcast. Um, oh, what the fuck is it called? What the fuck is it called? Scrolling my list. Uh, vigilante ritual theory. You can't mobilize a large group of people. Um, this, that paper, uh, uh, that, that little podcast, the 37-minute podcast I did, Vigilante Ritual Theory, goes over the social science involved in creating a lynching-type group, like those people in that small town, the first one, uh, the Curlidge family. It was over a real estate deal, but, you know what I'm saying, while that story is being passed around, people are adding details that aren't real about the thing, what have you. Some people have their own personal biases. And so like, they'll just spice up the story and then pass it on to another person. And then that person will pass it on. And then people just do that. They do that. They just, they, they'll add fucking herbs and spices to something that is pretty cut and dry because no one wants to pay attention. Here's the thing. People who like to spread gossip also understand nobody wants to listen to their bullshit unless it's salacious. And so people, if they have a piece of gossip to, to share and it's boring, will purposefully just add bullshit. So, and if we end it and how we, how we understand from that criminology paper, which I, um, based that, uh, podcast on vigilante rituals theory, that crim, uh, uh, that, that research, that, that the behavioral research paper, uh, behavior written, written by that criminologist, it has to be some sort of crazy overwhelming injustice that happens to mobilize those kinds of people. Or people are told that a giant injustice happened because uh, human behavior, it's not, it's not, and it, it doesn't just like mobilize itself like that. There has to be some, some kind of obvious over the top imbalance injustice in the world. And um, so you get these networks of people within towns or what have you who then use their their influence, what have you, and then they'll spread bullshit, what have you, to get you to um, essentially live like the worst life. It happened to fucking Randy Quaid, but he, I wanted, I want, uh, what I want to talk about in this podcast is the secondary thing. What Randy Quaid said was that there is a malignant tumor. There's a network of people within where they were living at the time. Uh, I believe he was living in. Uh, Hollywood? Well, basically, he was saying people within the uh, entertainment industry based out of out of Hollywood, uh, they were trying to kill them. And um, it lent to a lot of credibility to some of the shit that he was saying. 
But what's important to understand is there is a network inside of the public network of things which make decisions not based on the rules that they know everybody agreed to, which is what is on the outward appearance. You know, saying the government that we see, there is actually a governing board within that <clears throat> within that group that operates on a set of rules that currently no one that current that currently um, no one else is subject to. You know, what I'm saying they have an idea about what things should happen in that town, etc. The same thing with that small town it's the same thing that happened it was just somebody who he didn't he wasn't even part of the government in that first in the first example he was just a dude who was the former fire chief but he had a bunch of friends in town he was part of the city government i mean fire chief i mean that means he had to be pretty high up and like i said how we understand from um vigilante ritual theory how do you start a mob to do things is because the mob has to be has to be some sort of salaciousness, some sort of critical injustice that was not solved to mobilize people to do things. Right? And so that means within that town government, right? Superseding the actual law and what was right and what was lawful, etc. Um the people in this town just started hounding the fuck out of these people. Uh, just blaring their horns at all times, of, all times of the night, making sure they couldn't get uh, uh, sleep, etc. Just over something silly. And then in Randy Quaid's case, um, he just got he got fucking run out of out, run out of run out of the uh, run out of L.A. And from what he was understanding is there are people within the finance who had access to his financials, um, law enforcement, etc. And people were actually trying to do him morbid harm trying to kill him and his wife he had to hold a press conference before he fled to canada and it was a substantial press conference believe it or not but a secondary person higher up the rung who understood that there is a government within the government and the people within the government within the government inside a government a clique thinks that they operate by rules that no, not everybody else does not, uh, what's it called, does not get to uh, operate by. They feel like they are above the rules, the law, uh, due process, whatever fucking, whatever you want to call it. So they seem to think these people in this group within, and now we have two examples, within a town, so there's a group inside the town um, who thought that they were allowed to pester somebody until they left the town. Why? Just because one dude was a little upset, but that was a that was a group of people who had an agreement and were uh, what's it called operating within the actual city government. Do you notice that the actual city government had nothing to say about it or what have you? But as this guy had 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 proof of, there was firemen that were doing it. There were police officers that were doing it, rolling by the house, etc. Randy Quaid's case, he says the same thing was happening. People were fucking with his banking and uh, withholding funds and doing all sorts of crazy shit. Um, police and other people within that city and the entertainment industry were fucking with him. So now we have a small case where there is a government inside a government. Then we have a more intermediate case where in L.A. this man um, uh, demonstrated how there was a government within the government 
or 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 the or the controlling town and infrastructure, etc., in Hollywood and L.A., who was running shit and could do atrocities and get away with it. They could fuck with his money. They could they could make him not feel safe. They could do so much so that this dude had to leave the country. That's how scared this dude was. Okay, now keeping that all in mind, I want you also to think about some things I'm about to tell you now about uh, the feds, the federal government, and governments inside the federal government that we know exist based on facts, based on receipts. And I'm going to show you the receipts. We're going to build up to the third thing because, okay, local city government, that's fine, local police. Okay, a city, a a, a metropolis city government. Okay, yeah, corruption. I can believe that, whatever. And we have the receipts. We have people demonstrating how this works. So governments within a government on a city-based level, on a metropolis-based level now. Now let's go talk about federal governments within governments inside the federal government, which we have the receipts for. And, um, fuck, I guess I'm just going to call this episode like fucking shadow governments because it's true. Shadow governments exist. You know, people call it deep state or shadow governments or whatever, but it doesn't sound like deep state when it's at the small town level, but it's the same thing. It's a government inside a government, a governing body. I wouldn't call it a government because they don't abide by any rules. It's, it's like caveman rule. It's whoever, you know what I'm saying, is, is, the, is the, the biggest cock on the walk within that clique inside a gov- city government. So there could be also officers and people, whatever, who aren't participating because they're not part of the clique. They don't, they don't take lame shit too seriously, like in that small town. Um, then you get into what happened to Randy Quaid in Los Angeles and Hollywood. We're now in Los Angeles there was a government inside the government. There was a clique inside the government. It's essentially what you call deep state. They're people that are there for years. They super, they, they're there for multiple mayors, etc. Um, but since they know that they're there for the long haul and then leaders come and go, they have now developed their own system in which they um, monitor, uh, deal what they think should happen, what have you. So it's a government within a government. But let's go into the federal government. We're going to ramp up to it because, um, you know what I'm saying? I can't just, I don't want to just like f- put my hand out there, show you all my fucking cards. I want you to, I want to, I want to drip feed you into how this works. So first and foremost, do you guys, <clears throat> you guys all use Zoom, right? Fucking Zoom. You knew Zoom, the video chat, the, the video platform. Well, did you know since the mass adoption of Zoom, there has been an exorbitant amount of intellectual property theft that's, that began around the same time as the mass adoption of Zoom? Did you know that? Did you know that? I didn't know that until I looked it up. But um, intellectual property theft or hacks that steal people's files or what have you, which is their intellectual property, have been on the uptick since the pandemic. What has also had an uptick is the adoption of these now um, video conferencing apps. Uh, Zoom, etc. right? It's a thing you put on a computer and you can share your screen. You can share files between people, whatever, if you're doing your daily work thing, yada, yada, yada. So 
Let's look into Zoom really quick. Um, this article is from Inc. This, uh, when did the, when was this? April 1st, no, April, 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 April of 2020. An ever-increasing number of people turning to Zoom during the coronavirus quarantine, a new report suggests they may have more to worry about than they know. Former NSA hacker and security researcher Patrick Wardle revealed two zero-day exploits inside Zoom on Wednesday. A zero-day export is a term to use to describe security flaws that have been discovered that still don't have a fix. Hackers often seek out zero-day exploits to target... Motherfucker. Oh, I lost my place. Hackers often seek out zero-day exploits to target users who have no defense against them. Now, do you guys remember the podcast called Snitches Get Riches? It's called Snitches Get Riches, where I, um, I lay out... Well, I was trying to lay out there that the the well, it took me a while, but I had to show you how it's connected. It's it's kind of like follow the money. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to follow the money. That's why I start these some of these podcasts off where I talk about something that seems completely under under uh, unrelated, and then I link it to this, and then I link it to that, or whatever. Because there is a chain. It's just like sometimes following the corruption is just like following the money. If you follow the corruption patterns, you can link this shit all the way back. It's it's foolproof. It's just like following the money. So on this podcast I made called Snitches Get Riches, where I where I clearly established and I bring the receipts. I followed the money. I followed the trail, the corruption trail. And I showed that if there are criminals actively involved in your gang stalking, harassment, whatever, that they're more likely directly linked to police in that area. It means that that gang in particular is, or at least the leaders of that gang or criminal organization are favored by law enforcement. And then I go into all this other shit, but I also talk about zero day exploits and how, because I had to prove that, because I had to prove, and I did, that basically your local police is the militant wing of the NSA and this new police state and these new laws since the Patriot Act, et cetera. And that how a problem that the federal government has with you can then traverse the entire span through the federal government to local police and then the local police um, um, uh, and, uh, telling a particular gang in your area to engage with you so it doesn't look like the federal government was involved. And I show how it's all connected, whatever. But in that, I show that there are multiple zero-day exploits and how the U.S. government works with big tech is they say, hey, you're going to put out this new version of this new software, but we're going to have you're going to have to leave a key under the door for us because we want to be able to get into everybody's computer whenever we want. So your Android phone, your Windows computer, whatever. And I go over it clearly. Go back and listen to that podcast. You learned so fucking much, but I had to I had to I had to like fucking feed you baby birds. <laughs> you know, I had to start off with something with 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 you know, with uh with um you know, something you could, you can kind of, you know, taste and then finally get to the red meat. It's a longer podcast. It's almost two hours long, but I, I bring the fucking receipts, dude. Um, and I back up all my podcasts with facts and sources, whatever. I just, I'm not just some, you know, person rambling on about things. Um, but I go into and I show how zero day exploits are purposely left in 
programs that are being mass adopted by people because the government will come to a company and say, hey, you're really big. We think that's super great. And we would love for you to keep doing business for us. And that's why we would love for you to keep doing business in the, in the United States. And that's why you're going to leave a key under the mat for us. And how they leave key under the mat for the U.S. government is zero-day exploits. And go back to that podcast. I clearly show how that happens. How when there's a zero-day exploit in a program that is mass-adopted by millions of people or most of America or on every computer, every, it's usually because the U.S. government's like, look... We really want you guys to keep money, making money around here. And I think how you're going to do that is you're going to leave a key under the mat for us so we can get into people's shit. We want to look into it. We don't need to get a warrant or whatever. It's just common practice. So, yeah. Zero-day exploits. Most zero-day exploits are because the U.S. government intimidates big tech companies with them being able to continue to do business in the United States. Um... They can continue and they'll even help lift them up, but they have to allow them access. And how they do that is with these zero day exploits. It's a key under the mat, essentially. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's basically like a burglar being like, look, you got a nice house here on this street. Man, you know how you could stay living here and stay living here safe is if uh, we decide just to come into the house whenever we want. And we're going to have you put a key under the mat because you like to be safe when you sleep, right? It's essentially kind of like that. So zero-day exploits are basically keys on the mat that I'm repeating myself like 19 times. But I just really want to solidify that fact. Are they're, yeah, they're, they're the key under the mat for the U.S. government. So anyways, going back to the story about governments inside governments, right? So we have the small story. We have the story of the small town where there's a, a click within the government that makes... The entire town loses fucking mind. And we understand from vigilante... What the fuck is that shit called? Vigilante ritual theory, which was written by a criminologist who studied lynchings and mobbing and stuff like that. That that can only be started is if there is some giant misinjustice that happened and the people are then encouraged and mobilized to make that right. So that means that even in that small town, it was something silly over a real estate deal, but somehow the whole town got together and this was a group inside. So that means that what was actually said was a huge, way bigger deal and had all the other details, et cetera. So basically somebody took a small situation that could have been, that was a personal thing between two people and literally how we know how human behavior works, that means that for that whole town to do that shit was actually because somebody lied their ass off and added all these details and got all these people riled up about shit that wasn't true to get people to act that way. Because we understand through um, uh, vigilante ritual theory that that would not happen unless those people were told some crazy thing happened, but it never did. But the whole town is just engaging in this lynching type behavior that small people. And then we go to Randy Quaid and he's like, bro, there are people within this fucking city and the government and the infrastructure, how everything's laid out. They've been able to fuck with my, my financials. Uh, we're not safe. People are trying to fucking kill us. He had to go all the way to Canada. Then I started going on about the, I'm walking us back about the zoom software, right? Going on about the zoom software. Uh, so, former said uh, back in this article written by Inc. Magazine, very well respected Inc. Magazine, written by this article is written by 
Um, what the fuck? Why is it having his name anywhere? Don Resinger of Inc. Magazine. But anyways, he says, former NSA hacker and security researcher Patrick Wardle revealed two zero-day exploits, which are keys under the mat. Inside Zoom on Wednesday, zero-day exploit is a term used to describe security flaws that have been discovered that still don't have a fix. Hackers often seek out zero-day exploits to target users who have no defense against them. According to Wardle, oh, balls. I hate these videos they make you try to watch on these articles because nobody wants to pay for a magazine anymore. According to Wardle, whose findings were first reported by TechCrunch, both bugs require a hacker to have access to the Zoom on a user's machine. That means they'll need to be... That means that they'll be physically within the computer and have the ability to control the machine remotely with a remote desktop app. Once that happens, the first hack would pave the way for a local user without root access or the ability to fully control the machine and the ability to add malicious code to the Zoom installer. The result, full access to the entire computer. If hackers want to be a bit trickier, they can also inject code into the Zoom installation on a computer to get it to request that user provide the app access to the computer's camera and microphone. The reality is the app is providing the hacker access to the user's camera and microphone and potentially wreaking havoc. For its part, Zoom hasn't responded to the bug and has responded to the ink request for comment, but Wardle decided to share the exploits on his blog without a fix for the code either. That means that the flaw could be exploited by hackers, though it's unclear whether that's happened. S still, a Zoom requires the de facto choice for businesses and is, they, is the de facto choice for businesses, for schools, for consumers to communicate around the world. And even a hack that requires local, local access to the device is concerning and it might give some folks a pause as they consider which conferencing solution to use. Worst of all, since Wordle found zero-day exploits, there's nothing Zoom users can do and no way they can easily determine whether they've already been hacked. Wordle's only recommendation is to consider finding another solution, meaning don't use Zoom. If you care about your uh, your security and your privacy, uh, Wardle, who's a formal NSA employee, says stop using Zoom. So there's that. All right. Now let's move on. This, let's let's take up the let's take up the temp temperature. Now this article is written by Carrie Paul on the Guardian. Everyone knows the Guardian. They were the one that uh, did the Edward Snowden leak. And this article is, and the reason why I give you the article titles is because if you want to read alongside with me to make sure I'm not pulling these out of my, things out of my ass. Zoom is malware. Why experts worry about the video conferencing platform. The company has seen a 535% rise in daily traffic in the past month. But security researchers say the app, the app is a privacy disaster. As coronavirus lockdowns have moved many in-person activities online, the use of the video conferencing platform Zoom has quickly escalated. So to have concerns about its security. In the last month, there was a 535% rise in daily traffic to Zoom. This is a download page according to an analyst from the analytics firm SimilarWeb. Sorry, guys, if you hear those noises. As you know, I, I go to parking lots and shit, and I, and I do these. Its app for iPhone has been the most downloaded app in the country for weeks, according to the mobile app research uh, firm Sensor Tower. Even politicians and other high-profile figures, including British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the former U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Alan Greenspan, use it for conferencing as they work from home. But security researchers have called Zoom a privacy disaster and fundamentally corrupt as allegations of the company mishandling user data snowball. On Monday, New York Attorney General Letitia James sent a letter to the company asking it to outline measures that it had taken, it had taken to address security concerns and accommodate the rise in users. In the letter, James said Zoom had been slow to address security vulnerabilities. The reason why they're... And I'm going to talk here on the side. 
The reason why they're slow to address these vulnerabilities is because, like I said, the government says, leave a key for us under the mat. And as we've learned, um, uh, people who can exploit these zero-day exploits, think about it. Everybody in the country downloaded Zoom around uh, around the uh, when the pandemic began. So everybody, almost everybody has a copy of the software on their computer. But as we know from the first article we read, there's these things called zero-day exploits. So once you install the software, there's all these holes in it on purpose. The government asks, has companies do that on purpose? On purpose. It's not because big tech wants to do it. It's because the government's like, hey, this is a nice company you have here. It would be horrible if something happened to it. That's why you're going to leave a key under the mat for us. So the reason why they're slow to do these things is because the feds are like, you better not fuck up our back door. So now everyone's downloaded this software on their computer. This software allows anybody who knows how to exploit the holes in it to steal all your files. So if you have a Zoom call with somebody, what have you, and they they know how to exploit these zero-day exploits... Uh, let's say you're looking for a job, let's say whatever, and you put the stuff on your personal computer, you put the stuff on your phone, whatever. If the person knows how to exploit it, which zero-day exploits, I mean, they're all over the dark web. They just they just sell you these exploits, bro. It's it's crazy. Um, they're, uh, yeah. Basically, everybody's computers have been compromised. The entire, basically the entire, fuck, everybody's phones and computers have been completely compromised and allowed the government to just get into everybody's shit once a pandemic happened. At the same time, right? Intellectual property theft has gone up since this also happened. Isn't that weird? And you're like, well, are you trying to say NSA and NSA contractors would be stealing people's files and getting into people's stuff, whatever? Hey, oh, let me, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Anyways, going back to the article. The letter said Zoom had been slow to address the security vulnerabilities that could enable malicious third parties, among others, to gain things, gain surreptitious access to the uh, to the consumer's computer and webcam. The spokesman for Zoom told The Guardian on Wednesday was planning to send James the requested information and comply with the request. Zoom takes users, privacy, security, and trust extremely seriously. The spokesman said during the COVID-19 pandemic, we are working around the clock to ensure that hospitals, universities, schools, and other businesses. Oh my God. Can you fucking believe this hospital? Think about this. So there's, it's already documented that this software, this Zoom software that everybody downloaded in the entire country, everybody because of the pandemic, everybody has this shit, which has all these back doors in it. Let's look at this. Schools, hospitals, universities, schools. So basically everybody's computers are fucked. They could just steal whatever they wanted out of everybody's computers. Everyone go home, put this software on your computer. We're going to get through this together. Oh, by the way, the U.S. government now has these keys to the back doors of everybody's shit. So if you have this thing installed on your phone, on your computer, on your laptop, the government can just surf through your fucking files Take your shit if they want. Oh, and at the same time, intellectual property theft has skyrocketed since also the mass adoption of this software, which we know has all these back doors in it. But you're like, well, Steve, we don't exactly have proof that a government within our government exists and that they would be doing these sort of things. And I know you're probably thinking like, what does that have to do with COINTELPRO and whatever, blah, 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 blah. 
We're going to get to that. Don't worry about it. But let's keep going further. Um, the spokesman from Zoom told The Guardian on Wednesday it was planning to send James a request of information. And the spokesman said, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we are working around the clock to ensure hospitals, universities, schools, and other businesses across the world can stay connected and operational. And on Thursday, the company announced it would freeze all new future development and shift all engineering resources on to security and safety issues that have been called attention to in the recent weeks. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, basically, Zoom, you can just get... if. You know how to exploit it. You can just get in anybody's computer. And they give these these uh, exploits on the internet for way cheap. And if you want to see how, uh, how, how, how out of control this has been, and I think the normal person, the normal inventor, the normal company with maybe trade secrets or whatever, just installing all this fucking software on everyone's computer since the pandemic happened... Um, Wired Magazine, come on, man. Read this story for free by giving me my email address. Man, these places are getting desperate. Man, we need to figure this shit out, man. Uh, man, I'm telling you, man, uh, print media is dying, bro. They're trying to find every way that they can make money on this. Sorry, I couldn't read this story, which I'm using for my podcast unless I gave him my email. This is from Wired Magazine from 2015. This is as far as too bad as 2015. It says, there's a new marketplace on the dark web. Okay, oh, the, the, the article is titled, officially titled, New Dark Web Market is Selling Zero-Day Exploits. So you type in Wired Magazine, New Dark Web Market is Selling Zero-Day Exploits. Um, okay, reading article. The darknet marketplace called the Real Deal Market has emerged, focusing on brokering hackers' zero-day attack methods. So you know the keys to the back door, the back, uh, the 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 keys to the door. So hackers for years have bought and sold their secrets on a de facto gray market for zero-day exploits, intrusion techniques for no patch, which no software patch exists. Now, new marketplace hopes to formalize that digital arms trade. That's what they call it. Digital arms trading. It should be considered as such. In a setting where it could flourish under the cover of the dark web's anonymity protections. You've read your last complimentary article this month. Sign in. You already... Oh, balls. <laughs> I read that on the podcast. <laughs> I got my free article from Wired, you guys. They, I, I can't get any more. Man. Let me see if there's another version of this article. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. There it is. Hacker News. Okay. Here it is. Keep going. The new dark web market called The Real Deal has opened up for hackers, which focuses on selling deep zero-day exploits, infiltration codes that took advantage of software vulnerabilities for which the manufacturers have released no official software patch. Yes, The Real Deal market actually emerged over the last month makes use of the Tor anonymity software and the digital currency Bitcoin in an attempt to hide the identities of its buyers, sellers, and, of course, its own administrators. Uh, Tor, a.k.a. the Onion Router, is the... Mother balls. Is it, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Is one of the most well-known darknets where it is harder to trace the identity of a user as, as it doesn't carry your identifying information, such as your IP address, physical electrician, blah, 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 blah. The real deal focuses on premium data, such as highly popular zero-day exploits, source codes, and hacking tools. 
Here's something that they sell on here. Um, it says the real deal offers this to its users. There's one that costs $17,000 in Bitcoin. It's called the iCloud hack, and it offers access to anybody's iCloud account. How, according to Wired, uh, a working iOS exploit could sell as much for $250,000. In the year 2012, also, the New York Times reported in 2013 that one had sold an iOS exploit to a government... So governments go on this black market because these hackers, they all they do is they spend all these, you know, they spend all day trying to get in. But then governments will just buy these tools because it's one thing of having to hack into something. But if there's like a tool with a, you know what I'm saying, that they could just uh, load in there or whatever, governments much rather have that because then they just give it to all their employees say, hey, use this. But there's already somebody who sold one of these uh, exploits to get into your phone that a government bought. They didn't list which government it was. Moreover, other list exploits on the dark web include a hack to WordPress, CMS, so your WordPress website, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, they they, they sell these uh, exploits on the dark web as well. But as we went over in that Snitches Get Riches podcast, I show how uh, the government comes in and says, hey, leave a back door for us when we get in so we can get into people's computers and what have you. And that's essentially what they do. Um... And you're like, well, man, do you think that the, you know, at the same time though, since everybody has this on their computers, the rise in intellectual property theft has fucking skyrocketed at this very same time. I mean, at the very same time, intellectual property theft has just fucking skyrocketed since everybody installed the software, this Zoom software and other software like it that allows you to share files and your screen or whatever, because it makes it easy during the pandemic, whatever, to get, get close to people. no. Everyone go home and put this on your computer so we can steal your shit. That's basically what the government did. But let's go on because uh, <clears throat> I can just say that and I can be full of shit, right? Well, here we go. Now we're going to learn about a government inside the federal government. So there are lots of NSA contractors. Lots of NSA contractors. And they don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily working, they aren't necessarily the federal government, but they work for the federal government. And all these people have um, security access. All these people have um, security clearance, etc. And they have access to these tools. And they help the NSA and the government police you. Now, there was this government contractor called Traversa, and Traversa um, was doing some some really sketchy shit, but they worked for the federal government, and this is what Traversa got caught doing. This was a group within the government, people who thought they were above the law, people who were using their access, etc., to essentially do crime, just like in the case where um, what do you call it? Fucking in that small town that happened where that town just got together and fucking lynched these people. Um, it was a government within the government. And then in, in, in Randy Quaid's case, there was a government, I guess I, I would call, I would call it a government, but it's a group of people who are there for a long time, long, long period of time who, since they're there longer than leadership is regularly, because leadership have term limits or whatever, that they think that it doesn't matter who is in who is in charge, we'll just maintain the status quo and then keep our shit running on the down low. 
And that's what this company, um, Tyversa, did. Let me check this out. So in 2015, this happened. Whistleblower accuses cyber uh, whistleblower accuses cybersecurity company of extorting clients. A cybersecurity company faked hacks and extorted clients to buy its services, according to an ex-employee. In federal court this week, Richard Wallace, pardon me, Richard Wallace, a former investigator at cybersecurity company Triversa. Tyversa, not Triversa, Tyversa, said the company routinely engaged in fraud and mafia-style shakedowns. To scare potential clients, Traversa would typically make up fake data breaches. Then it pressured firms to pay up. So basically, Traversa would... The long version of the story is Traversa got this FBI software to breach, like, any system. And so what it would do, it, was, it would just... On top of the money that they were making already for being a government contractor... Traversa would then also hack into companies or whatever that weren't uh, of importance or whatever, and then hack the companies with the software given to them by the FBI, and then call the company and saying, hey, we noticed that there was a, 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 a data breach, and it's on the dark web, and people are trying to steal this, your, 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 trying to sell your your company's data on the dark web. That means you had a security breach. And and i and companies need to let their clients know about security breaches. Just to give you a little background. Anyways, let's keep reading the article. In a federal court this week, Richard Wallace, a former investigator at cybersecurity company Tyversa, said the company routinely engaged in fraud. This is a ex-employee and mafia style shakedowns. To scare potential clients, Tyversa would typically make fake data breaches, Wallace said. Then it pressured firms to pay up. They said, hire us or face some music. Wallace said on Tuesday in a federal courtroom in Washington, D.C., CNN Money obtained the transcript of the hearing. The results were disastrous for one company that stood up to them and refused to pay. So basically, Traversa says, look, we know that all your, we know that your uh, client's data has been breached. Someone hacked into your system. They didn't. What happened was Traversa hacked into their system and then um, said, hey, we can make sure that this never happened. You know what I'm saying? Because we monitor the dark web. We can make sure that none of this data gets out, nobody buys it or whatever, just pay for our services. So they were extorting people. They're like, hey, if you don't want to have to, uh, you know, if you don't want to, um, uh, if you don't want to have to report this to the FTC and have this black eye in your company that you're easily breached and your people's data isn't whatever, then, then you should hire us for our services and we'll fucking, we'll wipe this clean. We'll make this go away, whatever. But it was Traversa who got software from the FBI to do these breaches. Software that was already written for the FBI so they can, air quotes, go after criminals or people suspicious. So Traversa would typically make up fake data breaches, Wallace said. I'm reading back the article now. Then it pressures firms to pay up. Hire us or face the music, Wallace said on, in a federal courtroom. The results were disastrous for one company that stood up to Traversa and refused to pay. In 2010, Traversa scammed LabMD, a cancer testing center in Atlanta. Wallace testified. He said that Wallace said that he uh, was told to tap into LabMD's computer and pull people's medical records. How they tapped was they were a contractor for the federal government. They and then the federal government since they provided IT services and police, internet policing service uh, software for the federal government, 
they abused this software to then just hack any company that they could find and then said, hey, this hack, someone breached your system and they're trying to sell this data on the dark web. We will make sure this never gets released. You don't have to worry about uh, contacting the FTC and this black eye in your company, whatever. Just pay us and we'll make it go away. But they created the whole scenario. They created the whole thing. So anyways, this guy said he was told to do it while he worked there at this company called Tiversa. Tiversa Scam Lab MD, a cancer testing center in Atlanta. Wallace testified. Wallace said that he was told to tap into LabMD's computers and pull the medical records. The cybersecurity firm then alerted LabMD it had been hacked. Tiversa offered emergency incident response security services, after the, but then the lab refused the offer. Tiversa threatened to tip off federal regulators about the data breach. Can you fucking believe this? Then LabMD still refused. Tiversa let the... Then Tiversa's like, fine, fuck it. Tiversa let the Federal Trade Commission know about the hack. Air quotes, hack. It wasn't a hack. They were using government software to hack companies to then say, you better pay us or we're going to tell the FTC about this. And then we know you haven't reported it yet. And we know you've been hacked. They weren't hacked. Somebody's using Fed software to get into their shit. This was, it was basically extortion. But digital extortion by federal, like NSA type contractors. So basically they're using their digital access to extort people. And then when people like, uh, we weren't hacked, we don't understand what's going on here, whatever, go fuck yourself. And they're like, pay us and we'll make sure nobody knows about this. And the company said, no, go fuck yourself. That didn't happen. We don't, we're, we're, we're checking out our own shit. So then they're like, oh, well, you didn't pay us. So then they reported the fake hack to the FTC. So the FTC went after the lab, giving the company a choice, sign a consent degree, basically a plea deal, which means years of audits and a nasty public statement. So basically they're going to have to let the government come into the computer system and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to have to make a public statement, say they got hacked and all these people's data was put on the dark web. So basically make people not feel safe about the company because reputation is everything. Nobody likes that. You mean your grandma's getting cancer, uh, you know, uh, treatment at this fucking place, lab MD and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Even she's scared, you know, uh, about getting there, but now, you know, her data's on the internet and you know what I'm saying? Now people could fucking buy and sell it and her personal details. Like it's going to make their, their, their clients feel uneasy about them. And they're a small company. They're 50 people. LabMD. Anyways, going back to this. When LabMD still refused, Tiversa let the Federal Trade Commission know about the hack. Air quotes, hack. The FTC went after the lab, giving the company base a choice to sign a decree, yada, yada, yada. The CEO of LabMD, Michael Daugherty, chose to fight in court because the plea deal would have tarnished his reputation and killed the business. He said. Then, the CEO, Michael Daugherty, lost his battle in 2014, having run out of steam and money. The lawsuit killed the company LabMD, which was forced to fire its 40 other employees last year. Okay, so 40 companies. We were a small company, he said. It's not like we had millions of dollars to fight this and tons of employees. So basically this uh, 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 federal NSA contractor, Tiversa, just went around destroying these small businesses, ones that were providing life-saving care to people, just destroying companies using extortion tactics within uh, 
you know, uh, and, and, and it was so widely known. Everyone there at the company, lots of people in that company had security clearance. People in the security, in the, in the, in the, in the like military industrial and security in, uh, industry and stuff like that, they all share notes. They know what's going on. They, they know about things. They have groups that supersede this kind of shit or whatever. But this fucking company killed this small company uh, administering life-saving care to people. Because it was trying to fight a lawsuit saying that this didn't happen, what have you, we don't know what's going on. Um, and on top of that, we were extorted to pay this company who somehow just knew that this was going on, knew where the data breach was, whatever. And people didn't realize that it was actually the company using government software to extort people, small businesses, killed this small business. We were a small company, he says. I'm going back to the article. It's not like we had millions of dollars to fight this and tons of employees. The fight with the government was psychological warfare too, he told CNN Money. This is the CEO. There was a rep, there was reputation assassination. There was intimidation. We th- and we were extorted. My staff and management team were also personally demoralized. So they went after his staff too. These are people with, who have... In- people in the intelligence community and yes, NSA contractors, whatever. Signals Intel is still the intelligence community. It's this big orgy of people with skills and stuff like that people who are trained by the u.s government people who have um they people who work in it and do monitoring signals intel also know people who know field intel they know psych they know people in the in the private um intelligence community that have um like psychological manipulation skills they know how they they've been trained by the government to smear people and then they went private sector you know what I'm saying? Or get rid of a threat or what have you. And so they access all those people when it's just like corrupt cops, but people in the intelligence community, even signals intel, just like corrupt cops, how corrupt cops protect each other. They call it the blue wall of silence. The same thing happens in the private military intelligence community. You know, people who are contractors, etc. They fucking smear people. They psychologically abused his other employees. Um, that's what he's saying. Literally here in the CNN article. Um, let me read. It was so bad. Let me read here. Uh, there was reputation assassination. There was intimidation. There was extortion. My staff and management team were personally demoralized. My vice president left and the company's lawyer left the company. All because these people, this company was extorted. And he's like, no, that's not what happened. Then the guy, the CEO, whose company was demolished, his, his whole life you know what I'm saying? Was turned upside down because of this, these cunts with uh, 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 government access, these people within the government who worked for the government pulling off crime. And then they got people to d- destroy his fucking business, uh, intimidate um, his employees, uh, reputation assassination of members of the company, like executive stash. Finally, his vice president had to leave. He just left. The lawyer, the, the main legal counsel for the company just fucking left. Even the fucking lawyer. You know how fucking... Shady lawyers are, you know how lawyers are taught to think how to weasel their way out of shit. Even the fucking lawyer left. Could not hang, bro. Anyway, so the CEO of this, of this company that was providing cancer care for people who was extorted by an NSA contractor who then sicked a bunch of people, uh, in, in the intelligence community, etc. um, assassinated executive staff's, uh, reputation within the industry and their own and and the, and and the people that they knew uh being intimidated and extorted and where his whole company 
folded. He lost his management team and his vice president left. The lawyer, the legal counsel for the company left. The, the lawyer he had on, 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 on salary. So then he lost everything because he knew this was bullshit. So the C, former CEO, former CEO now, Daugherty launched a website and wrote a book about the ordeal called Cause of Action. So he was he had nothing to do but share his story on how these people within the government were using their access to fucking destroy, extort people and destroy their lives if they didn't pay. Um, a government watchdog dog group finally picked up his case. Wallace's testimony uh, shows that the FTC aggressively prosecuted a company based on bogus evidence. The FCC declined to comment, citing an ongoing lawsuit against LabMD, which hasn't reached its conclusion. LabMD wasn't the first time Tiversa false hack hack accusations made national news. While it said he claimed that Tiversa also made up information in 2009 pointing to Iran. So this same company, right? Also, they just create these, these fucking fires out of nowhere so then they can get paid to put them out or whatever. This is shit that happens in our government. He claimed that Tiversa also made up information in 2009 pointing to Iran for supposedly stealing blueprints for President Obama's helicopter, Marine One. Then that scare led to several news stories published by NBC. This is the same company, Tiversa. NBC, Fox, CNET, and others. According to Wallace, Tiversa did this by... Sorry, I was running out of time. They, they this this thing does it in one hour chunks. That's thing I record my podcast on. Hold on, me back up, back up, back up, back up. According to Wallace, Tversa did this. Uh, uh, oh yeah, in two thousand nine, pointing to Iran for supposedly stealing blueprints for President Obama's helicopter, Marine One. That scare led to several news stories published by NBC, Fox, CNET, and others. According to Wallace, Tversa did this by using the phony IP addresses on the orders of Tversa's CEO. So the CEO told their employees to fucking do this. Cause international scare. It fucking scared the White House. On the orders to versus CEO Bob Bobak, the company which works closely with law enforcement would look up the internet address addresses that were used by known criminals or identity thieves and claim those IP addresses were sharing stolen files online. Wallace said it was a scare tactic that added spread to the supposed damage. And a wow factor. They did this to make it seem like, oh, this is this is a multilateral fucking conspiracy of hackers, etc., that fucking stole, that got together and 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 produced and under you know collusive measures to steal the president's blueprints because they want to kill the president or whatever. So this company would just do these things and they would plant this evidence all over. So they were responsible also. This company, Traversal, was also responsible for handing over information to law enforcement. And since they know they were the, they were the authors or they're the people hired to check the information, they just manufactured false information and then gave it to law enforcement because law enforcement was like, well, they're government contractors. Why, why would they lie to us? So this fucking made up this whole story. Wallace said it was a scare tactic that added spread to the supposed damage and a wow factor. To boil this down, you would make the data breach appear much worse than it actually had been. The FDC administrative judge Michael Chappelle asked, and he said, that's correct. Wallace responded, Traversa denies Al Wallace's allegations on Thursday. Traversa's CEO told CNN Money that the recent revelations were baseless and came from an employee still angry from being fired. Okay, 
So we just read that, right? Check out this story. Um, now this is from a company called Tech Dirt, but the story is also on Law 360, Reuters reports the same exact story and also the uh, OC register or Orange County. It was also in the New Yorker, but let's read the Tech Dirt's write up of this because they specialize in well tech dirt they're uh anyways uh this is under tech dirt i'm reading but there's also reuters writes on the story whatever but i'm reading this from tech dirt um you can find this on techdirt.com and the article is cybersecurity firm with a history of corporate blackmail read by the fbi guess what this is about tyversa so after they denied all those allegations guess what happened the fucking fbi raided them because they found out all these claims are true Let's read the article. Tiversa is helmed by Robert Bobak. Back in 2009, Bobak was already a real verse in cybersecurity hard sell. Um, Bobak was stealthily putting his company's P2P mar uh, monitoring service. Hold on, I need to find the spot in the article. Here it is. The Federal Bureau of in in Investigations... Raided to versus Pittsburgh headquarters in early March and seized documents, people said. According to congressional investigation, not only did Traversa engage in corporate blackmail, but it faked metadata so it can claim sensitive documents and data had been spread much further than they actually had. It also approached affected users, hoping to provoke reluctant companies into buying its services. One of the customers sought was the U.S. government. But Traversa lied to the government as well. And the supposed sensitive document it traced back to an Iranian computer, supposedly that stole um, 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 Obama's helicopter plans. Um, the document was uh, the, but Diversa could provide, provide no proof that it had ever been that it ever resided on Iranian computers. Um, an unnamed source inside the an unnamed source inside sheds a little more light on the company and the FBI's visit. When asked whether any of the others are involved in this kind of fraud that Bullbog is being investigated for, the source stated that it was always between Bullback and Rick. Not too many people realize what was going on. Da, da, da. Well, yeah, everyone, nobody wants to go to jail, bro. Nobody wants to go to federal uh, uh, buttfuck jail. So yeah, everyone's saying, "Oh, we'd have no idea." Um, what else here is in the article? The claim to Congress and the media about plans for Marine One, the president's helicopter, being found on, a, on an Iranian computer was a lie. And uh, it was that simple. You have to understand that Traversa had a great technology. And, and that is the real deal. But the company fucked up. and uh, Greed. Above the law and untouchable. Uh, source tells data breaches. So basically, so yeah, so they denied all those claims and then the FBI raided them because it would come to find out that it was true, everything they were saying. So there are companies that work for the government, have these government contracts, and you have to understand everybody in the signals intelligence community, everyone in the intelligence community and the military industrial complex community, whatever, knows people in different things. It's like, it's like a, con think of a construct, a, a general contractor, construction general contractor. A construction general contractor, he knows a fucking plumber. He knows an electrician. 
He knows a dude that does plumbing line. He knows a fucking framer. He knows a roofer. He knows somebody that does the concrete pad. Same thing in the intelligence community. People in the intelligence community, not only do the I people in the IT know people in the IT space, but they also know a guy who can do um, enhanced torture. They know a guy who can do uh, um, uh, uh, field intelligence work. They know another guy who's good at infiltration. All these people. So just like as in construction, what have you, there are people within the intelligence community that know other people with other things. So just like how cops protect corrupt cops, just baselessly, when people in the intelligence community are fucking threatened with getting investigated or losing their companies, what have you, just like I've, I've read in these articles with Traversa would intimidate people. It, it, it engaged in, 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 uh, and uh, character assassination and intimidated workers. People were too scared to work there. They just fucking left the company. His vice president left the company before that, uh, what's it called? That, that cancer care company. And this is just one of the examples. Then they found out that they were also just doing stupid shit with trying to get the White House scared. And, um, but this company, Traversa, uh, it's just one of the examples what happens is these companies, since they're the ones creating the data or whatever, they will just manufacture proof that said, oh, no, no, this really happened and this you need to go after. They'll sick the dogs on you, bro. They'll get the fucking F. They got the FTC on this guy's company, the FTC, since it was being told that this was a bet. These com- this company needed to be fucking punished for something that they didn't do. Then the fucking federal the regulators came down on these motherfuckers, destroyed this man's life. His company took everything from him. All he had was telling his fucking story. He was so fuck. He was so lucky that some pro bono law agency took his case up after he lost everything. All he could do is tell people his fucking story. And this, and they just ruined this man's company. This is just one example. This company also, this, these, this company, right? Also the same company made the White House scared as, as balls because they faked an entire thing saying that uh, somebody stole plans to Marine One and they were studying the, Obama's helicopter, right? Why, why would He said Iran do it. Basically, they were falsifying the IP addresses. They were falsifying evidence, whatever, just to scare everyone. And all these news outlets reported on it. It was legit news. And then come to find out, it was all fake. They just manufactured the whole thing. Why? Like when they destroyed this this company and this man's life, why? Because he just wouldn't pay them any money. He just wouldn't pay them the money. He wouldn't pay for the services. So they fucking destroyed his life. These are people that work within the government. And you need to understand, people who work in the government, there is this, you know, Trump kind of, believe it or not, Trump kind of called, called uh, attention to it. Deep state or whatever you want to call it. That's kind of a romanticized name. But just like in this article where this guy, where the Fed said that what was the... Oh, he, he fucking... This guy put it perfectly. This guy, Bob Boback. Basically, the Fed said, what did Bob Boback... Rob Boback fucked up. He was greedy. He thought he was above the law. And he thought he was untouchable. That's literally what the, that, why the Fed said this went out of, got out of hand is because this dude was greedy. He had, he was a government contractor. He had all the software to just start looking into people's shit. And uh, he thought he was untouchable and he could just make up lies and just fake data. And since the government was like, why would our guy lie to us? Why would they give us fake information? They did it with fucking Obama. 
They said that the Iranians stole plans to the helicopter and were trying to murder the president. Or that was the that were insinuating. Why else would you want to steal the plans, right? And they just fucking manufactured all this data everywhere. And this is a very common thing, and it doesn't get heard of because it embarrasses the fucking government. Because the government puts their trust in these companies, but just like the the FBI said, what happened with this dude? The reason why it went out, got out of hand was, let me quote them. Because of his greed, he thought he was above the law, and he thought he was untouchable. And that's what these companies do. And that's what people in the intelligence community also do. And now that we're learning, if you go back and you look at that episode of of Snitches Get Riches, how the NSA and work with sheriff's departments and local police departments and how they have access to these databases and they share information, there's this whole new relationship and there's this whole new police state that was built. These stories of corruption... Bro, they, they get sweeped under the rug as soon as possible because they embarrass the government. But it's happening so much you wouldn't understand. And, you know, I felt when I when I found this story, because like I said, man, I'm drinking from the fire hose trying to get to the bottom of this shit. Because I've, I feel like I'm fucking this guy Wallace who lost his, uh, his company that was trying to, uh, not Wallace, this guy with this company, LabMD, who lost his company who are basically just trying to provide cancer care for their, for their, for their, for their, for their customers. Destroyed this man's life. And I totally feel with this dude. My whole situation started with me being extorted by people who could do literally like ghost in the machine shit on my computers and what have you. Then I tried to report that abuse. And while they were abusing me, while I had no idea what this is happening, because they kept saying, pays the money, pays the money, pays the money. I didn't have any fucking money. Um, bro, like it just got out of hand. And then while they were fucking extorting me, I was like, man, could this, since I don't have any money, I thought they were fucking with me because there's no official, um, when you're, when you're trying to intimidate someone, you never use actual language because you're always worried that since the NSA hears everything now, um, there's a lot of implied threats because now everyone's a fear that anybody can be recorded now. So that's how a lot of threats and blackmail, et cetera, happen now. It's because now, now, you know, everyone's, everyone's using, you know, coded language, etc. But as, as they were trying to pressure me, then I brought up this thing that I saw a long time ago. And I imagine these people were like, what is he talking about? And then they looked into it and they found out what the fuck it was at the same time. Like literally, I want to say the, 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 the day after I brought this shit up, my life fucking it went from like a three let's say this abuse was like a three to like a 10 to an 11 like if we were on a one to 10 scale and it didn't stop and these motherfuckers won the fucking lottery bro that were uh, trying to extort me initially and they tried to make it about it was child porn it was because i committed hate crimes it was because i raped some girl gang raped some girl in high school like it was about all this shit it wasn't about anything it was People who were in charge did not want to fucking pay for their shit. So they just fucking burned my shit down. And then these motherfuckers won the lottery because then all of a sudden now there's this information now that they can either sell, right? Because they don't care. They're corrupt. Or then they can get paid for to protect the people it's about from going out. Just like with the cybersecurity firms, like, hey, we, I guarantee you that's what they did. They went first, they tried to figure out if they could sell this information, but I published it before they could fucking sell it. And I still heard that they tried to sell the information anyway. I guarantee you, they're, you know, what I'm saying the person who bought that shit feels pretty stupid now. 
or just like this cybersecurity firm went to the company. Was uh, they probably went to the Bush camp or what have you? Was like, hey, there's this guy who has information on you guys. We checked it out. It's legit. You could pay us to watch him. You could pay us to babysit this guy. You can play either side. If you're right down the middle and you're one of those companies, you can just be like, hey, we're trying to protect you guys. So, you know what I'm saying? They could, they win on either way. Uh, first, they tried to sell this information because they tried to keep me from publishing as much as possible. Then they did the same thing that happened to the WebMD, uh, 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 the, the, that, that, cancer co- that cancer patient uh, company, where literally the, the, all the management executive staff were like slandered in their communities they fucking were intimidated constantly. The fucking vice president just left the company. His lawyer, the lawyer, the fucking lawyer left. And these motherfuckers know about all that snaky shit. They just destroyed his life, bro. They destroyed his fucking life. And it come to find out the guy who was like, would not back down. Then he wrote a book. Uh, finally, he got his fucking, finally, 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 he got his justice. They, they raided the 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 cybersecurity firm they found out that they were lying to previously as well they said that Iranians tried to steal the plans for the fucking helicopter and all this other shit it wasn't it wasn't it's just these corrupt fucking companies within the fucking government but what is just like what is just like what happens when corrupt law enforcement it's called the blue wall the blue wall of silence there's vice micro documentaries made on the blue wall of silence etc where it doesn't matter what happened it's they're part of a group And so they're going to watch out for each other, no matter what. And just like how a construction worker, a a, a general contractor knows a plumber, knows an electrician, whatever. People in the intelligence community, like this company where they destroyed this guy's reputation and what have you. They have friends that that are trained by the government to do all these crazy fucked up things to people. And that's exactly what they did to that company. And that's, you know, essentially, it's, it's fucking bananas. But... So now we know. Let's walk this back because I want to get to the overall. What's the theme, Steve? What's the theme? You're just kind of yelling into your phone, making your car all steamy. I am. It is pretty steamy in here. Um, basically, at all levels, bro, there is a government within the government. In small towns, a small town, a bunch of people from in the small town just decided that they were going to lose their fucking mind on this family. Why? Because the fucking, the former head of the town's fire department just didn't like these people. And how we know from vigilante, what is it called? Vigilante ritual theory written by an esteemed criminologist. Go over that episode. It's only 37 minutes long, but there had to have been some sort of extrapolating fucking over the top story promoted by this, uh, uh, to engage people to do act as such. But on the surface, all it was was them saying, well, he tried to buy my fucking grandpa's house, but he didn't buy it. But it doesn't matter. The whole town just engaged in lynching behavior just because. That's a government inside a government that decided that they supersede the law. Then we go to Randy Quaid. They were fucking fucking with his bank, etc. So much so, he had a press conference. I mean, to, you know what I'm saying, etc. And he showed that there were people out to fucking harm him. They were fucking with his financials, et cetera, so much so he had to leave fucking Canada. And that's just in a, metro- and that's in a metropolis, a major metropolis. But now we know at the federal level, at the federal fucking level, there are people, there are security contractors or people with security clearance that will 
essentially go out of their way with their access because they're greedy, because they think they're untouchable, because they work for the government, that will do the most fucked up things. They will destroy people. They'll destroy their lives. They will lie about them. They'll fabricate evidence, um, etc. They'll fabricate evidence to the fucking White House, which the same company did. They fucking lied to the, the White House. How, what the fuck are you thinking, idiot? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, so how that fucking shit gets out of hand is people within the fucking, in, inside of a government, whether that be a local city government, a metropolis, or even people who work for the federal government, bro, it is, these people, they feel like they're untouchable. And a lot of people in this gang stalking shit need to understand that if you're in this because of uh, a whistleblowing situation, if you're in this because of like, um, because you try to expose corruption, if you're in this because like, just there's a myriad of reasons why you can get into this bullshit. What is going on is there are people within your government that think that they are above the law. They think that they are the people who can initiate, you know, harm on you, etc. There are people who are going to try to extort you. There are going to be people who are going to ruin you, etc. Why? Because they feel like they supersede the law. They can even lie to the fucking president. It doesn't matter. They Because these people stick around for many, many administrations, etc. They develop relationships with other people who also stayed in the game a long time. And with these relationships come with people that can cover their ass. And it's this whole like ecosystem of corruption. And it exists at city level, metropolis level, and even the federal level and the government. To the point where they will fucking lie to the White House about shit. Um... Just to, you know, justify their actions. And some people call it the deep state. I think that's more a little too romantic. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a government inside the government. It's a group of people who think they're above the law. They're greedy. They think they're never going to get caught because they, all their friends are the people who write the reports. All their friends are the ones who are, who are law enforcement, what have you. And they know lots of people that can do really fucked up things to you to cover their ass, to try to smear you, to try to fucking, to intimidate you, to destroy your life. And some of those people win the lottery while they're trying to destroy your life to save their own ass. They find out that they fucking found, they came across a little golden egg. Like in my case. But yes, there is a verifiable government inside the fucking government. At all levels, in your local city, there's a, I guess you would call it a shadow government. I don't know what you would fucking call it. It's a bunch of mean girls, bro. It's just a bunch of people who think like, well, we thought this thought and all of us think this thought and we all don't like these people or whatever. So we think that we're above reason and law and your constitutional rights and what have you. We're going to do this. There's people at a metropolis level like, hey, I don't like this guy. I'm inside. I'm part of this clique. I'm part of this network. We need to get rid of this dude. Fucking happened to Randy Quaid. This motherfucker, they were fucking with his bank. They were fucking with his money. They were doing all sorts of things that were very illegal. He had to leave the entire country. And that was just from shit that was happening to him in, you know what I'm saying, in Los Angeles. In a metropolis. And then we also know that within the federal government, there are fucking people in the private sector who essentially think that they're never going to get caught. And they will just extort people and they will manufacture evidence, and they will even lie to the fucking White House to cover up their shit. And they know significant people that will just destroy lives. They destroyed that man's life. They destroyed his company. He was, he was, he was doing cancer research and helping patients and shit like that. 
They destroyed that fucking company, whatever, just because this IT firm didn't want to have to eat a shit sandwich. And they knew people um, to just help destroy this man's fucking uh, uh, reputation and, uh, and his community. They destroyed the fucking company. Then they sicked federal um, regulators on him and the lawsuits drained the company of all the money. Like, bro, there is a government within your government. And if this shit is happening to you, you know what I'm saying? Let's say you came across this kind of situation. Um, it'll be, it is hard as ass to shine a light on these people because just like the, the FBI noted about that guy, the, the CEO of the, of that corrupt, uh, NSA contractor is the guy was greedy. He thought he was above the law. He thought he was untouchable. And that's why he did all this shit. And there are so many more people because they feel protected by this government within the government because they, there's a network of corrupt people within the city government, what have you, that feel like they can do these things to a person and they feel like they're untouchable. I've personally had some of these people tell me to my face, nothing's going to happen to us. Go fuck yourself, whatever. Their, their ego is unimaginable. This dude, like, bro... I'm not even going to go into it. I think I talked about it in like two other podcasts. But yeah, basically one of these dudes who was doing this just told me nothing's going to happen to us. You can go fuck yourself and you're just going to have to fucking deal with this. He told him, said this shit to my face. Fuck it. I'm going to tell the story really quick. This guy, basically I had to go to the doctor's office because these people who tried to tell me to shut up and stop talking about all the shit that they were doing to me hit me with a fucking car. And my lawsuit's over, so I can fucking say whatever the fuck I want. This dude purposefully hit me with a fucking car. And people were warning me ahead of time. Because I remember I told you guys I had to get rid of my car because there's all these bullshit radiation things in it inside it and all these trackers. And they were these people were working with the local cartel to make sure wherever I was, these fucking Karens and these fucking criminals, whatever, just show up everywhere. And I didn't realize, oh, they put all this shit in my car, they're tracking me and whatever, trying to uh, 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 smear me, why not, why not. But so these motherfuckers hit me with a fucking car to send a message. You shut the fuck up. And people were telling me like, dude, these guys, they see you run around that little scooter because I had to get a scooter because I couldn't have a car. I was too scared to have a car. And, um, so these people were telling me like, bro, they're trying, they're planning on trying to hit you with that, with the fucking car to tell you to shut the fuck up. And, uh, uh, and I was like, well, uh, like I said, I, I had some people helping me for a little while because they understood what the fuck was going on. And I didn't believe him. I didn't fucking believe him. But man, oh man, when that motherfucker drove into the fucking bike lane just to hit me, I believed that shit. Broke my back. Anyways, I was going to my last physical, I was going to my last medical examination for the broken the back, whatever. And what these guys did was they stu- they knew because all my shit is hacked. They know my schedule. They watch me, whatever. Um, they knew when I was going to the doctors for this final exam and, um, so they just hovered around my house and they became Uber drivers or Lyft. I don't use Uber Lyft. And then they just waited really close to my house because it picks the, cl- the, the car closest to your house. So they just waited by my house because they knew what time the appointment was turned on their shit. And when I requested a ride, cause I couldn't drive. They popped up and this dude came to fucking pick me up. And during the whole ride, he just basically told me how this was going to play out, that none of him and his friends were going to get caught, 
Nothing's going to happen to them. Nobody's going to go to jail. You're just going to have to eat this shit sandwich and fuck off. Basically what this dude told me. And I was just in awe of this. What the fuck? This dude was telling me my face. And he was driving me to this fucking... Met at, uh, uh, to, my, to my last CT scan so they could see how my back healed. And this motherfucker just like... Basically just told me like nothing's going to happen to us, whatever. The same kind of audacity that this motherfucker with that uh, Traversa thought that they can just start extorting people using government software to do all sorts of the shit. They, they can lie to the White House, whatever. Just like it. Just like them. They just, they thought they were, the dude just, the way he was talking to me, he's like, nothing's going to happen to us. Go fuck yourself. You better shut the fuck up. You better stop telling people. You better fucking delete all your fucking podcasts. You better delete all that shit. Blah, 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 blah. I couldn't believe it. And then, like, I remember as I got out of the fucking car, I was like, I am saving this dude's, uh, whatever, what's it called? Um, contact information, because I've been saving all these cars, all these Uber cars that had this radiation shit in it. And then I gave the FBI access to this folder of all these people that I've been logging who've been doing this shit. Because it's some really corrupt shit. There is massive amount of of private sector intel contractors, uh, government contractors, people who do IT, etc. for the government around here in San Diego. San Diego has the largest concentration of military and military contract personnel in the entire world. It is the mecca for uh, military and private military industry. And I was like, oh, fuck. So then um, I go to, uh, what's it, he, he, he closes out the ride, then uh, he drops me off and he starts to drive away and I was like, because it has your ride history, right? Of everybody that you take rides with. And it wasn't there. I just took a, I just took a, I just took a fucking 30 minute ride with this dude. Took the money out of my account, but it erased who was fucking driving the car. Do you understand? So basically his friends who were in IT just erased our encounter ever happened. So somehow I beamed myself from my house 30 minutes away to this medical place. And I, now I don't have a fucking record of who this fucking dude is, but I will tell you that there is a government within the government in many towns, etc. Shadow governments exist. Stop calling them shadow governments, whatever. It's basically, they're just criminals. They're just criminals. And they think, and just like the fed said about, uh, Traversa and the CEO of Traversa, they're greedy. They think they're above the law and they think they're not going to get caught. And they just manufacture evidence. They'll just make up lies. They have a whole network of people that'll cover their ass who will start a lynching, whatever, over the stupidest shit. And you need to be aware of this because you might be, you could be dealing with somebody who is basically running, you know, a deep state. I I, I wish we had like a more common term because it wraps it up in so much romanticism, whatever. They're, they're just criminals. They're just criminals who you can't even respect them as criminals because at least a real criminal risks going to jail and real criminals have to learn that even if they don't pull off the crime, they need to learn how to get away with even not even pulling off the crime. But these types of criminals, they think they're above the law. They, they're just garbage. I think people who are corrupt within city governments are garbage. I would, I would much rather respect a actual criminal than, uh, internal corruption. Cause it's such a spine, it's such spineless shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like there is governments inside of government. There are people 
within multiple levels at the city level at the metropolis level at the federal level there are governments inside of a government and i hate to call them a government but they're just they are people who who develop relationships and a network and what have you and uh they like to make money on the low low and they will do it at all terms they will even lie to the fucking white house and what you have to let yourself know is that these kinds of structures exist because these types of things aren't regularly talked about this deep state shit what have you um and the reason why is because it embarrasses the government. And so since it embarrasses the government, these stories quickly go away in the news cycle. But they exist and they happen so much more than you would understand. And since people don't have a model for that, like as I explained in that uh, um, podcast where I talk about, you know, they will cast a light on your abuse in models in which people can think. Ones that people have been hit over their head a million times through TV and movies, whatever. Because... If no one has a model, a particular model for certain types of corruption or what have you, it just seems foreign to them. And there's no, there's no personal relationship with it. But if you just be like, that guy over there, he bad man. Watch out for bad man. And someone's like, oh, oh I can understand bad man. If they can understand that, then, you know what I'm saying, it's easy to smear you. But people don't have these models for how modern corruption is happening with this new police state and how there are essentially like the deep state exists. It's but giving it a name like the deep state is is bullshit. I would just what's a fucking we need to call it something. What's a word? It's basically like rogue governance. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a rogue government. It's it, and here's the thing is the rogue these rogue governments um they only exist because the actual government is holding it all together. They couldn't exist in the light, in the light, do you understand? They can't exist in the light. It's these rogue. It's a rogue governance, basically, and I think it deserves a much more clinical name than this deep state. It sounds so sexy, and it's not. It's not. These guys, they don't learn how to get away with shit. So the only thing they, they the only way that they know how to get rid of a problem is like fucking scorched earth. Do you understand? So like when that company uh, 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 tried to extort that one guy who owned that cancer uh, 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 cancer care company, um, they just destroyed everybody. Everybody in executive staff was fucking being intimidated, got smeared. What? Like they don't know how to they don't know how to ninja roll out of shit. So they don't like they lack skill. They just I'm the guy who writes the report. I'm the guy who makes the fake evidence. I'm the guy who does this. Like I'm the guy who says what's true. And the government's just going to believe me. They're not going to believe you. Why? Because they think I'm their friend. That's why they pay us. We already, you know what I'm saying? We're already in the system. And the government's not going to admit that we fucking lied. They're just going to sweep it under the rug. Because it's going to embarrass the government. The government doesn't like being embarrassed. So they're the, they don't deserve this romanticized. It's, 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 it's just a rogue, yeah, it's a, it's a rogue governing body. And they only exist... Because the actual governing body, the people who, who, who understand, you know what I'm saying, all the rules of shit and whatever, because society needs those things or else it can't hold up. They only, they're, they're like this, uh, you know those, ever see those sucker fish on sharks and they're usually like latched on underneath the fucking shark? You know what I'm saying? But that's because they get all, you know what I'm saying? Because they're able to get all their food and what have you. And it's, yeah, it's, it's they're like, it's a parasitic sort of relationship but it, it it maintains itself because it knows a legitimate government has to still exist but rogue governments um are real deep states or whatever are real 
They're real at the local level. They're real at a metropolis level. They're real at the federal level, and they happen a lot. And these motherfuckers will literally lie to the fucking White House, for fuck's sake. And you need to be aware of this model. The reason why is because, like I said, there's lots of people who are in this for a myriad of different reasons. Some of it is just at the local level, you know what I'm saying? And it's just a bunch of shitty people in your town who just think that you're just supposed to eat shit and then deal with it. And if they don't like you, then they're going to cause all this drama. Why? Because they're a 14-year-old girl inside their head still. Um, some of these things are business dealings and you're in a metropolis and corruption, you you need to stop thinking of corruption essentially. And like, there's bad guys over here. Like here's a little gangy over here. And then here's some guys, here's some corrupt lawyers over here. And then here's some, here's some bad police over here. But like, no, it's an ecosystem. You ever seen those diagrams for like the food web, you know what I'm saying? And in life science class and shit like that in junior high. That's what corruption looks like. It's a food web of people who all know each other and networks of people and what have you. And they understand that they need to look out for their people no matter what. And they develop these relationships and they stick together. But they will fucking ruin your shit. And it's important to just know that this system exists. So even if you're at a local level, you know, it could be because this rogue governance is just making your fucking life hard. If it's at a metropolis level, I mean, it could be because of this ecosystem of corruption within, you know, shitty law enforcement and industry people, whatever, people that run shit. Um, Or it could be at the federal level, people who uh, the government trusted to enforce the law or report to them facts or what have you. Um, But they think that they're untouchable because they work within the government and they know the government doesn't like being embarrassed. And so they're always just going to be protected and and they get greedy and then they, you know, just like how there's the blue wall of silence. Um, these motherfuckers protect each other, too. And they know lots of scary people who've been trained by the government to do fucked up things to people on the, on intelligence skill, on like an enhanced torture, um, field intelligence, infiltration, etc. To destroy your fucking life, bro destroy your shit and it's just it's basically an enhanced version of the blue wall of silence and it exists in this new police state form thanks to george motherfucking w bush fuck that motherfucker thanks to dick fucking cheney i can't believe his fucking daughter is still on politics like we're not gonna learn our lesson bro like if hitler had a son do you know what i'm saying would we be okay with that guy would we be okay with Hitler Jr. right now trying to uh, uh, essentially run for prime minister of Germany? Like, fuck no. We would learn a fucking lesson. I don't know why we're fucking letting that fucking broad stick around. Like, she doesn't have to be poor and broke. Go go run Halliburton. You know what I'm saying? Go be the fucking the billionaire CEO of Halliburton. Go for it. But stay the fuck away from our rule book. Stay away from executive office. We've learned our lesson. We've had a 20-year, $8 trillion war that was based on lies. I don't even know why we even let this fucking broad in the building. But whatever. But there's a fucking rogue government and you need to understand this model exists because people can say, hey, this kind of crazy shit is happening whatever. And since you don't have a model for it, it's kind of going back to that metaphor. If you can't see the color blue, remember that tribe uh, I, I talked over in a past podcast. If you haven't fucking listened to it, I'm not going to Yeah, stick with us. But in one of our podcasts, I talked about this tribe where these, um, so, uh, where these, um, human, uh, 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 people who study human behavior and uh, sociology and stuff like that went there and this tribe didn't have the 
word for the color blue. So it couldn't see difference. It couldn't see clear differences between the color because they didn't have a name for it. And that goes for that also goes with our understanding of corruption. Since if we don't aren't provided a model to think within, which is what education does, which is what movies do, they program this understanding of the world into your brain and they hit us over the head with the scenarios over and over. That's why sometimes you see a movie and be like, oh, this movie is kind of like this movie and this movie is kind of like this movie and this show kind of ended like this show. It's because they, because those people have been taught to think in certain boxes and, um, you know, there are lots of different boxes, shaped boxes out there and they seem like bullshit because people don't understand how things are connected. But, very much so, you know, there is a deep state. And I hate calling it deep state because it romanticizes. It's not. It's not. It's just a bunch of corrupt cunts. They think they're going to get away with everything. And they fucking know all, a lot of other corrupt cunts who know some very, you know, like, uh, what's his name from the Taken movies? I have a very particular set of skills. Well, these motherfuckers have a very particular set of skills. And they will fucking destroy your life. If you come at them and they work within the government and they are so fucking, they believe that they're, and they believe that they are so untouchable that they will literally lie to the fucking white house and produce fake evidence, etc. because they're full of shit. And then they'll people that know enhanced torture. They know people like, bro, just like corrupt cops protect corrupt cops, people in the intelligence space, which is huge. Now you don't understand. It's so huge now. Thanks to the police state brought on by fucking George W. Bush. We've had 20 years of this whole new industry emerging and it's humongous and people need to understand corruption happens within there and it is out of this world and they destroy lives and companies and they think they can just get away with it. Like they destroyed that man's company. They destroyed that man's life. All the people that were in executive staff, etc. like the company just came apart the seams because he refused to be extorted. And they will just destroy lives. And there's absolutely nothing people can do about it. It just goes on and on and on. But since we don't have stories, since we don't have this in the public limelight, since it gets swept under the rug. Like, I just read this to you. This, like, this is a huge story. Did you Have you ever heard of it? No, you've never heard of it. Why? Because the government doesn't like to be embarrassed. So it sweeps that shit under the rug. And the people report the news. No, oh, the government doesn't like to be embarrassed. So we shouldn't talk about these things a lot. And so we get robbed of learning to think in these models to understand corruption is different now that the government is in bed with all these private contractors brought about by the security state and the Patriot Act that George W. Bush and Dick Cheney pioneered based off of fucking lies. Now we live in the, now we have all these various ways of corruption and how it mobilizes and how, you know, it's just this fucking ecosystem of bullshit. But you need to understand that fuck, I hate this word. Deep states exist. And it's not in the sexy term of deep states exist. It's just people who are greedy, think they're untouchable, and they're corrupt as ass. And they have access to way too much shit now. And they are plugged into this, you know, they're plugged into this surveillance state, these private companies. And they're run by criminals. And they're friends with people in the government and the FBI and Department of Homeland Security and whatever. And all those people will cover for this dude because their hands are also dirty or they also work for the government and they don't want to be embarrassed. But it's important to know that deep stakes do exist. They exist on a local level, at a mid-level, and they exist at the federal level. And it's not crazy to say that because we have proof, we have the fucking receipts that it does happen.
Um, I hope I was able to teach you something new and I hope this helps.